Yo, how's it going, everybody? Today, we got the, I think it's the 11th episode of The Pursuit of Sound with Double Crown, and I'm here in the studio with Drayton. Say what's up, Drayton. What's going on, y'all? Yo, so you were setting up for Baby Shark today <laughs> at the North Charleston Coliseum. Drayton is a, a stagehand and um, a music guru of sorts, a liaison there's there's a lot of things to Drayton's description. I, I, I do a little I do a little bit of everything. It seems like I try I try and go around the world. Yes, sir. So you've been doing a lot of uh, stagehand stuff professionally. Can you tell us a little little bit about that? Like everything since COVID. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, since it, I'm I think really this is like the year like last year it kind of was like a slow kind of work up to where like shows were just starting to kind of come back and everything um but this year's like really seems like it's going full force it's actually honestly a lot of places are hurting for people like looking for work like that like gig work like dude all the time i get calls being like hey like we need extra people things like that so it's like really kind of getting to be like kind of covid like killed everything to where a lot of people who were you know stagehands and doing a lot of the music industry and things like that the year that they had off they went and found other jobs dang you know? so, so beforehand it wasn't uh like gigs would get swiped up quicker but oh yeah dude not only gigs would get swiped up quicker but like just the call list because you know every every different place has a call steward so uh that's the person who calls out you know we'll call from a list of like 80 people and be like all right who who can i pull to like get on this gig whether it be working an in-town festival an out-of-town festival um a certain venue you know it kind of it just changes up what's the what's your favorite gig that you've gotten to help prepare um i would say the coolest was probably god it wasn't rockville it was um it was slipknot <laughs> no i mean slipknot was cool the other day uh, that was like a couple weeks ago i would say god it was this festival in north carolina i'm trying to think of um what kind I, of music it like? was it was more of rock i want to say it was rockville it was um rockville it was something like rockville uh in north carolina i'm trying to think of the uh why was it your favorite just because of the, all the artists, it was like, so pretty much I set up Bring Me the Horizon. Oh, wow. Uh, Tool. Um, oh, wait, was that Moogfest? No, dude, I'm, you know, I'm going to fucking look it up just because it, it's going to piss me off if I don't. Um, Epicenter. That's what it was called. Epicenter. Epicenter. And uh, it was, that was like really kind of where I started like branching into like uh, kind of like doing a lot of like stage work instead of just like pick me up like here and there um like certain gigs give yeah. more gig opportunities dude well not only connections that is that is a big thing yeah really realistically it is it is a connection thing because the more you work yeah the more you work with different people and you know they are people who are like oh fuck we're you know 10 people shy on this call let me know let me call somebody who like i've worked before worked with before and who i know knows what the fuck they're doing what's the farthest gig you've traveled to like set up like for staging uh forecastle i think where's that at kentucky and that was like that was with epicenter that was the same year as epicenter Dang. Was shortly after and you'll just be driving out there and Dude, yeah i mean like uh it, it it's i don't know it's it's a thing like usually when you do when you work camping festivals and you work camping festival like production for a camping festival um, usually you'll get there, depending on the size, I'd say anywhere from like, like something like Electric Forest to Bonnaroo, you're going to get there three weeks ahead of time. Dang, Definitely. dude. Yeah, that's a, that's a big setup. What, which one would you, are you dreaming of doing next? Like that is something that's coming up that you would just be like, yes, I want to help with like Grismas or, or See, something like that. You know, I, I mean, I got the offer for Electric Forest but uh oh dang electric forest okay yeah but I, I, working with crew one i mean like rob's gonna go up there and everything too 
So I got that offer for Crew One, but you took it or I didn't take it yet, just because like yet you still can. I still can take it. Yeah, cool. I still have. I can. I can still pick up Bonnaroo and I can still pick up Electric Forest. Um, well, why wouldn't you? Just because like one, uh, with me doing so much work at the Music Hall Music Farm, um, I'm getting my schedule. Like for instance, I got booked out all of May and June. So like when you're doing gig work and you're like, as somebody who knows, like who takes gigs, when you get a full two months in one text Oof. for, you know what I mean? It's like, you don't turn it out. Well, yeah. <laughs> but then what, if it wasn't take that out the equation, what is one that is coming up that you just really want to help out with? Do you really want to like for like, what? Oh, far, far as definitely. Yeah. My big one is I want to try and I want to try and get on like a lead position at residence when we do it at uh, Woodlands. That's, that's going to be a big one. Dude. Woodlands is a, a local sort of venue. I mean, I say venue, it's like forests, it's space in the forest. And so it's called Woodlands. It's what it sounds like. And it's kind of like what, you would imagine what like suwanee music ground like kind of like that but not as like um industrialized with like all the infrastructure it's just mm -hmm. more or less like it's more so renegade everything gets set up like on the well, spot for it not permanent infrastructure really that yeah, i've seen it's it's crazy that they're actually bringing residents all the way down here because residences you know i think last year was i don't know if it was at mulberry mountain last year maybe See, I haven't heard of residences. That's that's a resident. Residence is a Res very big resonance. Resonance. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Resonance. Uh, festival. It's Papadocio's festival, actually. Okay. They've been that's doing cool. it for, God, I want to say like six or seven years at least, maybe closer to ten. Um, Damn. I would say six or seven. If if they've been doing it ten, the la the early couple of years were very small. Um, but the whole thing is is why it's now at the Woodlands is because. The past two or three years where it has been has been pretty much a big setup it's been like you go there and there are hundreds of people getting booked and taken like it is almost like a sting operation to where the festival literally gets has pays the cops an exuberant amount to be not just outside of the festival but very in the festival and that's literally because they have they have this agreement with the town that the they have to literally pay the cops this much money and they have to have this much of a presence there. So this is a important. I hate to interrupt this because no. you're on a roll with it, but that that's such an dude. One of those things that if you are a festival goer, you know what we're talking about. Just to kind of skate over it, it's like you. You want to be able to go to a festival that is reasonably safe for you and your friends to have a fun time. Like, it starts to draw, the line starts to get drawn when people walk up to your campsite. Uh, you know, this is, that's just a hypothetical. It's, it's facts. Like, where, you know, you could just be chilling there and somebody seemingly innocent comes along. You somehow offer the wrong something you never know the way the entrapment goes dude, dude and then that really that don't. people people after the fact during the fact we'll talk about it and then guess what the attendance will probably won't be the same the next year just because of that but at the same time it's like they won't let it's like they being like the cops and local law enforcement damn near probably just won't let it happen unless they're able to be there and then it's like they're like what do you even call that like force bribe it like they're like yes no you have to i don't know if this is true so no that that okay i can i can tell you that that is a very 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 big thing when you apply for a permit for a festival that is for a fact a thing you have to 90 95 to 99 percent of the time definitely 100 percent of the time if it is a festival with a larger larger capacity they the town will literally make sure that in included in your budget is a uh, retainer for the police department or whatever police are working that that is that is non-negotiable and i wonder what the discussion 
is comprised of when they when they have that like okay yeah but you just there to keep the peace or and do they just agree to that and then somehow do their own little things where they kind of try to just get a little bit more in or like you know what i mean i wonder oh, to what extent that Dude, well so that it, line is drawn it is it is a big thing because you have to think about it like a lot of a lot of festivals right the reason why towns give the permits to festivals is because of how much money it brings to the town whether it be you know you have to think of everything from uh walmart uh to you know any camping no, stores gas you know stations Halloween brings, brings so hundreds literally hundreds of thousands of dollars in town amenities right that we're talking grocery stores gas all you that, know yeah. attracts any anything around for there. sure and then, and then on top of that you got to think people on their way there how many tickets no that's exactly <laughs> that's another thing say. you know what how i'm saying many people do you know that have been ticketed in or out well over 100 and well over 100 over what's 10 the years? worst thing that you've witnessed like, like or heard about like that you know like from a friend that wouldn't lie to you people getting say arrested like what's the what what's the worst thing with the cops or what's the worst thing that's like kind of on that edge because i guess with i the know cops. i know somebody well it's funny so I, i've heard of a lot of different things a couple have been pretty close to me um you know and it's just it's crazy because old festivals used to not be like that like it was just there was so little of a cop presence and not only just a cop presence but so little of a um even a, a safety presence like med tents and things like that oh yeah i mean realistically you know i started going to festivals in 2010 um i think was my first like major festival um and i was at bisco up in mariahville and you know, I, I remember like my first festival, I literally saw somebody seize out and die in front of me every single night. And it wasn't just like, I saw plenty of others, but those were just ones that happened like in front of me, like at Actually the main die? stage. Oh, 100%. 100% like full care of, because you have to That's think. terrible. Back then it was nowadays, you know, like even at somewhere like a major festival, like Electric Forest, they have a med tent positioned at the back of each main stage, things like that. You get, 10 years ago man like festivals weren't a big thing and they were a bunch of they were artists trying to get a fan base and so they throw it'd be that or a couple kids realistically throwing you know a party in the woods or on a plot of land and just kind of throwing everything together i mean my first bisco like i said i, I saw those things and you know i dude i think it was every time it was probably a good like 35 minutes before medical even got to them you know what i'm saying no, I do not even carried yeah. not even carried out but like to them and you know when you're season out man like it, it's like every minute like it's a thing man oh dude every second for and, sure you and know and that's what they've had to do they've had to increase presence because of that i'm not mad at that at all and i haven't had anything bad happen to me like with like enforcement or anything like that like i i'll you'll see like you know them at checkpoints or whatever security blah blah blah, blah and i haven't really been messed with like pe sometimes like guards even like are you know letting oh like i see i see all that beer in like your jacket let me get one though and then you know like so, little bribes here and there like dude some of is. them are cool not all of those people are cop cops but yeah no, no no and it's that's that's another great thing to branch into is because like festivals the main thing if anybody were to ask me like what's the number one thing that people don't realize about festivals is there are so many working pieces it's like a giant giant puzzle that's moving consistently yeah it's like an orchestra everybody it, it is playing their part yeah it literally is everything down to you know security like security like most of the time security you know there are bigger festivals that stick with the same security like access security or something like that but a lot of smaller festivals you know they hire out of like craigslist or facebook marketplace or like 
you know, literally things like that, man. It, it's and so the people who are checking your shit who are like, oh, like they don't give a shit. Like they yeah. don't give a shit at all, bro. They they're there to like literally for a free ticket most of the time. And so like if you're nice and you know how to like talk to them, do whatever you need. Yeah, you just gotta do just. You know, be a law-abiding citizen, and you'll be fine, you know? Um, and, yeah, dude, like, festivals, they, there's some that are better than others and all that stuff. And, definitely. you know, they they definitely have changed my life. Like, everybody who goes to a festival is just like, whoa, like, you know, this is, this is, like what I wish life could be like forever and you know, stuff like that. That's how it goes, like, dude. And like, it's funny because it's, it really is like that. It so many people have such this wonderful eye opening <coughs> experience, you know, go on, you know, and, and just, it, it's crazy because they, and, and that I think is such a reason why the festival industry has grown to, you know, honestly, kind of one of the biggest things in america i mean i i think i think it's a really funny thing a really funny testament that uh what was what's the new festival that just dropped in uh it's i want to say it's somewhere in arkansas or somewhere in alabama um and it's actually hosted by walmart bro uh -uh. by walmart what? really all of all it's like the f the family who owns the Walmart. They're like, "Hey, we want to throw a festival, and we're gonna fund it with Walmart money." <laughs> like, and it's and honestly, it's not. Walmart it's not a bad. It's not a bad. It's not called Walmart Fest. I know, right? but like, it's not a bad lineup. It's fairly decent. There are a couple decent names, and like, it is. You know, I just think it's really funny because it's it's become such a thing. Like, you know, it is. It just it has. I even oh a, a great example is I saw a Bush Gardens ad yesterday. Oh, Essence Festival Music. Yeah, I think that might be it. Like it's it's pretty new. Like Essence Music Festival. That might be. Uh, is that it? I don't know. It has a green that flyer. I, it has a green flyer. I know that. Um, let's see if I can find it. format format that's it that's it but like it's just you know i think it's fucking a great example um is the other day i saw an ad for bush gardens and it was bush gardens and do you know what the entire ad did not say a single thing about the rides the attractions anything like that it was simply Oh, we're having a wine and food and music festival at Bush Gardens for three weeks. And it it just, I don't know, I was thinking about it and it was like, in my head, I think that kind of is also like a testament to like how huge the whole festival kind of experience has gotten, whether it be to, you know, smaller in-town festivals to bigger music festivals that's like, crazy i didn't i've never heard of bush gardens doing that i've heard dude, of bush I've, I've never bush like never either and i was like i was like dude you know what the 90s were about the 90s were about theme parks you know what i'm saying six flags bush guard like the 90s were like it was like a thing like oh you definitely care, like and like that's died down so much it because like it because and it's weird because like uh like not just live entertainment but kind of like the whole essence of like just having a crowd kind of like uh, event. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. You know what I just thought too is that where it's like, did it die off or did we just grow up? And like, it's now that, that is just music festivals are just like Disney World for adults dude, now. I, like, I mean, I, I mean, saying? I agree. I agree with that. I, I definitely like because I just places are still in business somewhat. Like I, I never know, see like, ads for like, and it's not like you know, hell, I still watch Cartoon Network and shit like that. It's not like I get targeted with only adult ads. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I never see yeah. those ads or nothing no more. And so it's like you know, I just it was a weird thought process, and it was like, damn, like. COVID motherfucker. Yeah. And, co and, and that's the other thing is the fact that COVID had everyone shut in for so long that like 
everyone is so on board with you know having uh, events with you know large crowds that is people want that right now yeah dude after it being out for so long and i i found people to care less than what i uh, thought about you know there's some people that were just like oh you know believe me i quarantined myself like there in the beginning and all that stuff and for pretty long and wore masks and did all that but then i've been out and gigging and not wearing a mask and i've been fine it's it, i'm sure it's different for everybody and like i just yeah you you have to be out there and then wearing a mask sucks and um and yeah dude like festivals are like the grown-up disney world basically no, that, that is a thing that is a 100 percent thing man that is that is what adults want to spend their money on and not only that but i think in the music industry right now it's very much changing from uh kind of high-priced clubs to being like hey you know we're going to put this i think people right now are looking for more of a kind of wholesome community artistic experience instead of going out to the club till four o'clock in the morning with a dj do, do you so know then that's where you got like leaf right like you know art music and arts festivals that are like family friendly and you know and i'm sitting here i'm just looking at this walmart uh format fest it's got a pretty good lineup i wonder right like who's not a fist of souls on the top that was very surprising <laughs> I, dude, I know I, was, I saw that and i was like what and it's like arkansas like some small town in arkansas <coughs> i don't know man and then i wonder who's on the bush gardens lineup i have no idea i have no idea probably probably some you know i would say some band that was very popular in the mid 90s to early 2000s probably but i just i thought it was a funny thing i definitely thought it was a fucking hilarious thing that it's it's just becoming so big man you know like yeah, even I'll even nowadays like you have hundreds hundreds of festivals a year fighting for those spots man and if they don't make and the thing is is those new ones if they don't make it their first year they're not gonna make it a second year and that's yeah. that's that's the thing i mean you've got even True. even major festivals it have been getting cut like a motherfucker because they had that year where you know covid and everything and then that pushed pushed things back and then they came back and they tried to like work with doing what they could and they couldn't because literally it is incredible how much money festivals have tied up dude yeah like the investors like you really gotta One, have everything in place literally and see and, th and that's the thing is you have you have to take out such big investments for for these fe for major festivals and things like that that when shit goes wrong it rains a day it, it like anything Bonnaroo, like that Bonnaroo, like they you have to think just canceled dude, everything dude not only that a great another great example is fucking okeechobee's ticket prices okeechobee's ticket prices this year are almost double what they were last year this year it, this it, the one coming up that they just released tickets for i guess 2023 you know oh what I'm damn! Saying? Already, but Jeez. yeah, but so Which the what, what, so the original four? the original drop price, the initial first tier drop price this year for 2023 is more expensive than the final tier. Like you could have bought tickets the day of the festival going to Okeechobee. Oh my you know god! I mean? dude. And the first tier, like pre or like pre pass, everything like that, is more expensive than the final tier of last year. And it's one, it's the fact that Insomniac took it over. Two, it's the fact that realistically Okeechobee lost money last year and they, you know, you have to think, man, a lot of, dude, it just, it depends. So like negative media attention can lose you thousands of dollars. Hmm. I, and, yeah, I haven't heard anything bad about Okeechobee necessarily, personally. Dude, but. it was, uh, I, I hear, I, I, all I saw after Okeechobee was 
tons of like things like that. And it was literally because, you know, Insomniac took it over. A lot of people who had been going to Okeechobee for years and, you know, they were expecting the same kind of similar thing. Whereas, you know, Insomniac took it over. I mean, I saw it the other day. Who was it were, before? Insomniac again? Um, God, I'm trying to think. I don't remember. Um, look it up. It was somebody. But Insomniac, and they couldn't do it. And then, you know, so Insomniac bought it over. And literally, I saw a joke yesterday about somebody's like, I'm finally getting my Okeechobee VIP water bottle sent to me. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's after like five months of like the festival already being over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we want to go there with it. Yeah, exactly. And so it was like just a multitude of things like that. And realistically, it it just i don't know man i think insomniac is trying to it's trying to literally just put such a monopoly on the festival industry and to a degree they're starting to kind of fuck it up damn <laughs> well who let's let's bring it back to home with woodlands so at the woodlands we've had some festivals i've done a couple there i've dj'd mm -hmm. a couple there personally like they're skinful um that that was in in the woodlands and that had like you know mixmaster mike from the beastie boys and then like method man and red man yeah or a couple more of the headliners and um stuff like that how and, profitable is skinful dude personally like not like no, financially profitable how, how but profitable I, how profitable do you think all of skinful is dude I can't. I don't even know. Maybe not very profitable. I, I know for a fact that they lost over six thousand dollars. Oh, <laughs> I know Jesus. for a fact that they were negative six thousand dollars by one person's investment. One person who dropped ten in didn't even make the ten back. And I wonder what's and they got that. lost. Well, why? Because realistically, people. No, well, not, well, there's plenty of people. <laughs> Just not enough people got tickets <laughs> oh my god <laughs> that man. was really interesting and like and like i remember like i set up the stage that year for me and rob set up the stage that year like word that was it was like me rob and i think booba like set up the stage that year it was just the three of us we literally a good main stage too dude, yeah dude, we did it in probably like maybe like an hour and a half two hours and then i got in the car drove to atlanta to make like you know a fun run and uh -huh. came back and literally went to the festival and it was like oh all right cool <laughs> yeah man there's been there's been um some other ones out there too like what was it the one with hero bust and there's also been one that slander put on out there too right so slander was, the, was going to put on a festival what was the one with hero bust that tim was on you remember that was that one called into the woods or was it into lights the in the forest no that was or? definitely that was I think that was into the woods. It was November and it was right. I had like just gotten back from Halloween. I want to say it was literally like two weeks after Halloween and it was either into the woods or, um, God, it was something with woods in its name. It might've been lights in the forest or something. No, but it wasn't lights in the forest because lights in the forest is, uh, was put on by somebody else. So there's been like, a handful of different yeah, festivals out there. What what can we ex do? You know what we can expect for events Defin out there? Definitely, we we can definitely expect more things. One thousand percent. Like investments are back up. Like because investments Charleston are going to start coming back up. Honestly, do you know what's going to be the big kicker? Is resonance. Resonance is going to make or break the woodlands as a bigger festival ground. Um, Starbase, which that, was Slander's, yeah, that's what Slander was gonna go do. Um, got that, that got canceled. Mm. That got canceled for multiple reasons. Uh, officially, the cancellation was because of uh, COVID um, uh, protocols and things like that. Realistically, the reason why it got canceled was definitely due to lack of promotion and media attention that is 1000 percent. i think they had sold less than 100 tickets by the time they canceled Ugh. yeah 
Like realistically, that's that's what it was. One hundred percent. And I mean, you know, it was a fucking excellent lineup. It could have had tons and tons of ticket sales, but realistically, nobody even. I was looking at. I remember that like week that it was canceled. I saw hundreds of comments in not only one or two Charleston like groups, but you know other kind of east coast like southeast uh like music kind of groups and everyone was like i didn't i hadn't even heard about that until the it only like got canceled you know man there was one in columbia recently that had two friends that i was there music i was there and for zed's dead so you know, I, I always gotta rep the zed's dead man you know yeah you got the tattoo right on your arm actually number Facts, one fan bro. number one fan dude honestly zach and dylan are really cool people too they uh, i've met both of them by now and they're both pretty cool people, honestly. That's awesome. Yeah, I, ha I haven't listened to enough Zed's Dead. Every time I I listen to them, either with knowing it or without knowing it, it's something... They're more diverse than I thought, and oh, yeah. they are... Um, yeah, I, I guess like I always expect it to be different than what I hear, where I'd be like, who is this? And it's like Zed's Dead, and I'm like... Oh yeah. Okay. Dude, no, it's dude. It's 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 like that, man. Like dubstep, like, future bass, dude, like they, hybridy, dude, like, a little a little bit of everywhere, man. And it's really funny. Uh, they I feel like they always just like read my mind to being like what I want them to play and kind of like what I'm in like in the mood for. And that when uh, they played in Colombia the other week, um, they played this song that I have been playing nonstop in my fucking car for like the past like three weeks and they dropped it like mid set. And I was like, and it's something that like you wouldn't like, I mean, if you think about it, they'd realistically play, but it wasn't something that, you know, you'd be like, Oh, they're definitely going to play it. Like they have nothing to do with it, but, uh, it's a down under remix. Yo, go like, check it out. Down, down they under, remixed the song called Down Under? No, no, or no, no. A, it's the song, like, Down Under, who is originally by um, Minute Work. Oh, you're okay. uh, It come from, from a land down, down under. under. Yeah, okay, okay. So it's originally that song. Um, I think you might have shown me this one. I did, I yeah, did. And, uh, I and it's by it. the remix. It's called uh, Down Under, and it's not, like, considered a remix. It's, like, a considered a fresh title. Uh, down under the artist is lewd l-u-u-d-e oh yeah and colin hay is like the voice who is like the guy from minute work who it's his voice um but it's it's fire it is that perfect like just it's like a drum and bass remix of down under and what <laughs> you can't go wrong with that shit man that's just fire yeah man i love the the on point remixes from back in the day dude one of my favorite things ever actually and here we're about halfway through let's let's take a quick break Fuck i'm yeah. gonna empty my bladder Hell and yeah. we'll pick right back up where we left off all right Fuck yeah so we are back got drayton here aka whoop laden for the second half of the pursuit of sound with double crown podcast so we've talked a lot about festivals and such and um i'm curious now as to what really got you into even music start as early back as you want try to give us like a brief history of your time with like what you first started listening to growing up like growing up growing up like what your parents put you on when you started to listen to other stuff and then how that segues into what you listen to and are influenced by now so i think you know growing up uh my parents really aren't like they both enjoy music, but they aren't uh, very musically inclined or have like a very strong affinity for music. Me too, me too. So it wasn't like a big thing for me growing up. Um, it wasn't until I kind of hit my early adolescence, early teens that I really like, uh, I don't know. I guess it was a little before that. When I was a kid, I had headphones on like consistently. I did. I do remember that. What did your parents listen to? Uh, my mom actually listened to everything from like old school, like kind of like older school, like, you know, Hall and Oates, like things like that to 50 Cent. Like one of, I remember she used to like Your have mom listened to 50 Cent? Oh, dude, she had Get Rich, Die Trying in the car, like in How? the CD player. What? Dude. She was, she like, her musical taste is a little bit everywhere. And my dad's is completely on the other side. My dad is a 
Jimmy Buffett, you know, like oh, that, yeah. Jimmy Buffett, Hooting the Blowfish, like that's his, that's his cup of tea, bro. <laughs> uh, ain't mine, but you know, uh, it's the way a cookie crumbles for him. Yeah, that's what a lot of old people listen to. It's, 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 it's his, it's his vibe. But, uh, no, dude, I, I guess growing up, I was super into a lot of indie, um, ACDC, I was always super big into yeah, ACDC. Yeah, classic rock, me too. I actually remember that in 2005, I think I was like, God, I don't know how old it was. I think I was like eight or nine. I tried to convince my parents to let me go to the MTV Music Awards to see ACDC's last performance. What? Yeah, they it was. They wouldn't let me. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was like, I'd live with my, I'd live with my aunt in New York during the summers. So like. During the summers, I like walk around New York all the time. Like when from the, from the ages of like seven to ten, I like had a cell phone and was out doing shit by myself in New York. Like, Dude, see, this is why you're Wook Aladdin. Like it's just, <laughs> I grew up, I grew up fast and quick, man. Like it was just a thing like that, and I don't know. I, with the like, it, that was always a big thing. ACDC. I had a very big. Let's say when I was like maybe twelve, thirteen, I got really big into like older rock and i wouldn't say like older rock but kind of like that psychedelic rock with like doors jimmy buffett um you know joplin kind of all of that whole spectrum pink floyd bunch of floyd bro bunch of floyd um and then what was like where strawberry does- alarm clock if you've ever heard of strawberry which is a super like weird random band but they just have this weird psychedelic kind of like rock thing they're from the mid 70s weird i haven't heard of them incense and peppermints it's the number one song they play it plays all the time everywhere and you'd be like damn bro this is something i should trip to like, <laughs> and that was that was just a thing for me you know it was like i found music that like i had just gotten kind of into those things and you know it was like music like that and then i uh I was a I was definitely a rebellious kid and uh, I got sent to like programs and uh, you know different and I went to a boarding school at one point. It was all that classic rock you listen to, dude. I guess so. But uh, you <laughs> know when I got sent to, well, I, I lived in the woods for a little while and there was no music there. Obviously, it's like a woods program where you hike like ten miles a day, all this shit and oh crazy, dude, crazy shit. They give you a bag of food a week and they're like, if you run out of food and you eat this all on the first day you don't have any food for a week later and so you know you just you learn a lot of like things like shit this is this is real like you have to live you have to grow up quick that is insane dude what were you listening to out of that program so a uh, right well the, no music there but we right after out. that i went to a boarding school and uh so the boarding school that i went to couldn't you could not listen to any what we called out of standard music so anything like hendrix doors pink floyd sublime anything any 50 cent anything that had bad words or negative connotation yeah but you know what didn't have much words or negative connotations at that point electronic music so how did you come across edm so uh, i'd I'd kind of gotten into a little like edm before like really kind of like techno i'm bro i'm not gonna lie when i was 13 i was spinning glow sticks in my bathroom like with the lights off i was legit going like this like pointing around and where like, did you get that from dude it was just it was just always something that like i just really want to do just i loved like the glow of things and like just it was just such a thing for me and did like you, did you like see it like anywhere it wasn't at that point it wasn't even going to shows i mean don't get me wrong my first my first show was well before that i saw my first big electronic music show, which I didn't even realize who the person really was at that point, was Bass Nectar, actually. I saw Bass Nectar at the Poor House here in 2008. Oh my god. And this was like a couple months How after. How did you find out about that? Dude, honestly, it was me and some friends went out, and like, this was, god, this was like my freshman year of high school, and we like, got, and we like, had an ID, like, we had fake IDs and like, got into the Poor House. And like fucking saw bass nectar, and it was that's crazy, that, dude. You know, and it's, it's a fucking crazy thing. But like, you know, I kind of started listening to then, but it wasn't really. It was, I'd say, two thousand nine was when I really like dove super heavy into electronic music. We're talking Tiesto, oh. Benny Benassi, um, you know, Chemical Brothers, uh, fuck, Prodigy, Daft Punk. 
Um, Reed Speed. Shout out to Reed Speed. When you were like first starting to dig into SoundCloud, or like, how do you? Dude, this was this was this was before SoundCloud. This was I found out a lot of this because I, the boarding school that I went to, I uh, did the media committee. So like, you know, I was in charge of setting up mixers speakers for all events for the whole school and everything no way yeah that's what that's what that's i ran cool. at, that's what i ran at my school for like you know it was a school of like 150 people and so like anytime you needed sound or anything like that like that's what i set up for you realistically the reason why i did it because only three people there was the two heads of the media committee and the secretary and those were the only three people in the entire school who were allowed to have music on their computer and play it anytime they wanted to uh-huh. so i was well, like it's... i want my music i want to play music anytime i fucking want so i worked my ass off and like you know got that shit done and you know i guess there was it was a jump drive bro and it, like the jump drive was from people before me who had downloaded music and like what? so it was like that little bit of like extra like older school like electronic music a lot of stuff that i would have never like really come across and that's kind of like how i got like really started and like came from that like a lot of people come from you know i guess a lot of people our age come from finding the bass scene first and then kind of like branching branching out but like dude i legit started with like old school like techno like early house like you know kind of that uh fusion of almost like indie experimental like kind of like future rock like if you would like almost consider like, that who would that who are some of the artists that stick out to you in that i think vein? uh let's think uh shiny toy guns i always love shiny toy guns oh, i feel like i heard of them uh lay disco that's a fucking super song um yeah Le- do you remember la tigra dude it almost I, sounds dude like you know what i about. love la tigra i was listening to emphasize on the way over here which one is that um it's got uh it's oh, fuck. It's like, got like a tiger. On, it's got like a neon tiger on the background of the album. There's um, only like pretty much one song I know. It's like. Also, C two C two C C two C is much more of a DJ kind of group, but C two C. Um, I don't know, man. It was just it was it was a lot, and so it was like you know I really I really started in like heavy in electronic music before even it became a thing. So you know what I mean? Like that was just that because when I was at boarding school, those are the only things that I could listen to. You know what I mean? That was the the only things that I could listen to was fucking Benny Benassi, like, you know, Daft Punk, Prodigy, because 90 99% of, you know, electronic music at that point didn't have words. Right. Did anybody else there listen to that same stuff? Oh, dude, they, they had to. I was the one of one of three people who could play music. Like, <laughs> I had control of the music. They had to. You're like the the resident DJ practically. Dude, like it, honestly, it was like a resident DJ without decks, bro. Like, yeah, without it was, decks. It was like resident DJ without decks, man. Like oh you know, gosh. I remember I used to make mixes in Audacity. Wow. Like literally, Dude. it was it was Fruity Loops and Audacity, and I would have to make mixes like for events and things like that, like with such little tools to work with oh my gosh yeah back and before man a lot of people don't remember it like there weren't streaming services back Dude, then not you at know, all man limewire morpheus you know Napster. you were talking about soundcloud and like dude i a lot of soundcloud man um a lot of people i don't think a lot of people had soundcloud when this happened but i want to say in 2000 and 10 2011 soundcloud had a huge purge and this is when sony and sony i think sony and universal both bought in to soundcloud because for it was a period of 10 years where soundcloud was actually losing millions of dollars a year and actually coming out negative because they were not charging for accounts uh, they were not charging for advertising they were not charging for anything literally it was just a, a free site like that and they kind of like wanted to see how that model worked dude, out you know and and it and it was years and then finally they realized that you know they were just losing hemorrhaging fucking millions and millions of dollars a year and so they worked out a deal with universal and sony and so, you know, that's why when you upload a song on SoundCloud now, if it hears, if an, if the algorithm hears it, it automatically tags and pulls it. Mm-hmm. And so when that first happened, dude, 
I used I, I will never forget. I think my I think my likes on SoundCloud was at like six thousand and in the matter of a day and a half it went down to 30 songs what no way i will never forget that shit bro i was so pissed for weeks and there's so many of those songs that i'll never be able to find again and obviously halfway because i can't find them in two because they've been taken off yeah but like that's crazy dude, it was it was a thing you know and what another another company like that was uh groove shark groove shark. heard of that so groove shark and spotify exact same thing you oh. know what the main difference was spotify had people pay for theirs groove shark was free hmm. and within a period of two or three years spotify gained enough revenue to completely destroy groove shark dang dude groove shark was like a almost like a spotify limewire crossover if you could if you could imagine that it was like you could download you could find it you could download it you could just straight stream it like it was literally like a LimeWire, you know, Spotify crossover. That's the best way to put it as. Yeah, there's there was a so many music platforms that probably were incepted and just simply didn't make it, dude. Like there's dude. just, I mean, even Mixcloud for had a really hard time for a while. They're starting to kind of come back a little bit, but Mixcloud like almost got fucking shut in the ground, bro. Mixcloud is that one place for me, like. To put up a mix and not worry about it, it actually getting pulled off. off anything. Yeah, and it's cool. I w I need to go on there and just like listen to more mixes in there and stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't utilize it enough, but I do appreciate it a lot actually, and I don't want to see it go. See, um, see if that's the thing, man. If Spotify, I, I'm surprised that Spotify has not started uh, doing mixes. Like they have here and there, and I've seen them do it with like some festivals that they'll record. Like you know, some artists will record at festivals, and they'll allow the artists to like put the mix on. You know, mm -hmm. because they have they're very high profile artists or something like that. But like, if Spotify starts accepting mixes, then I think that that's game over for a lot of music platforms. Dude, it'd be crazy if they just started doing yeah, like allowing even live like. Uh, like actual live mixes like not dude, just a, a recorded uploaded I mean, live mix but then like what if they start I mean, premiering dude, videos i mean it? not only that like but it's twitch if, if you think about it it honestly i don't you know i'm not i'm not really intelligent in coding but i would imagine that it wouldn't be hard to set up an algorithm that when just like when you load a song on spotify if it has certain you know samples or anything like that it won't it won't fly you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So I would imagine that if you could load mixes, if they started allowing loading mixes onto Spotify, the same algorithm would hear it and be able to tag it and essentially be able to tag it and tag royalties in for those certain songs that mm -hmm. they hear in the mix. Yeah, exactly. I know what you're saying. But it, it would be hard just because, you know, how many DJs like, you, you know, you, that's your job as a DJ to literally very like change up and vary the song. To where you know it almost doesn't really sound the same yeah but there's probably going to be um, a more sophisticated sort of technology and sort of like way to go about it that will allow like you're alluding to like making money off of it for the artists and even for like the the platform in and of itself because you know that all these things are just going to continue to develop and you makes you wonder like what the final frontier like will be in 10 years and it'll always evolve but you know we've come so far as it is dude that is that is a perfect that is a perfect point because you know if you look at the music industry not even 10 years ago yeah i'd say about 10 years ago is when it really started to kind of flip but artists in the music industry how you made money was you put out CDs, you yeah. put out music, you and put you out CDs, and, yeah. albums, vinyls, sold merch, though. And you know what? Your ticket prices were nothing. You literally did a tour to promote your sales of your vinyl CDs, merch, anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, nowadays you put out that stuff 
to promote for your tour because any of the music the royalties you're making on music nowadays is so little right. that you have to tour in order to make money night i would say 70 percent 60 70 percent of bigger artists revenue comes from their ticket sales of their tours not their merch not their vinyl you know it, it that's legit that's that's what it is man and it's crazy to see how the internet and how streaming services have completely not just changed the music industry but completely flipped it 180 yeah you know and everybody's had to adapt and evolve Dude, like definitely you know yeah the ticket prices are probably up a little bit and all that and you know for for people on the come up yeah you gotta you gotta do what you can for me and my band we just launched a a web store like a website and a merch dude, store it, dude the the new merch is looking fire bro thanks dude and there's a new lot more to come fire. and the thing about like the merch is that yet yeah, now you don't have to pay for it ahead of time and like get the stuff that like this is a print on demand thing and that helps out so dude, much so much bro it, yeah it literally it changes the game it does yeah yeah and so things like that make me really happy and then yeah, you got to find the ways to yeah merchandise and and ticket sales are you know some of your top stuff nowadays. You really gotta hone in on your market and make sure that your stuff is quality, dude. dude that is that is a fact because and and I guess what goes with that is because you know because of our society now it's like you know media attention has become such a major thing. You know if you don't listen if you're if you have shitty merch. People are going to talk about it. And do you know what? 10 years ago, they didn't have a way to communicate about it. Nowadays, all they need to do is get on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Doesn't fucking matter. They got 20 platforms to choose from, but even TikTok. They got literally tons of platforms to choose from to literally give their opinions and thoughts. And that literally can make or break you. I mean, it's just how it is now. You know? Yeah. And, you know, like there's a lot of people doing really well with things like that, too. Um as long as you're popular enough that means that your sales will go up even more so Dude, literally bro yeah you, you have to bite the bullet at some point kind of and that might be on like where you the music or whatever the free kind of stuff is you i know? i think that in our world today pr is one of the most important things for an artist absolutely hands down i'd say if not the most important pretty much the top three like i think honestly your music can sound like shit but if you have good marketing and a good pr agent you're good to go somewhere that's just that's that's a realistic thing nowadays but people are being forced to become better and better artists because everybody is like there's so much more music oh definitely and yeah like therefore you have to be something else now to like really stick to people um it's what everyone's doing, man. You got to You you have to. You literally have to. And that's such a thing with finding your sound. Like that is that is such a thing with artists. To where you know there are some artists it takes a year or two to find their sound. Some artists it takes ten years to find their sound. Like it is. It is literally just becoming that niche. It's the uh, shall I say the pursuit of sound. The pursuit of sound. Exactly, <laughs> bro. Exactly. You know, and all these artists that we love. Some, they usually get to this point where you don't love them really like anymore because guess what their sound is ever evolving dude i that is i literally that is that is such a great point to make because i was actually having a conversation with somebody about um getter the other day okay um, yeah you know getter's older music was so really heavy you know kind of that higher bpm like heavy drop bass i really and like then, some old getter actually and then he came out with visceral his visceral album. oh uh, yeah he came out see and, and see you not, see lost you he, he lost literally he literally got booed off stage at his first three uh performances wow. of that tour and so what? and oh literally my God, to, that, to where he canceled the rest of his tour I think, I, think I remember hearing about that. So and so that's the thing, you know, that is like him Oof. trying to, you know, he's he had done that and he was like I'm trying to change as an artist. I'm trying to grow as an artist. And like, you know, that's a, that's a hard thing sometimes. Some people some people get stuck on what on what, you know, you're what you've been kind of like zoned into this niche and 
when you get zoned into that and it's just really hard to kind of like branch out of it sometimes you know yeah it makes me try to think about like people who are really crushing multiple genres out there i guess skrillex you know he's not just a dubstep artist he makes dude. a lot of other really cool i mean music. dude i i mean i was listening to back when he was from first to last like i was a huge fan of sonny moore when i was you know, I'm talking, I want to say 2004, 2005. And then they lost me. I, I think it was like the, the, what was it called? Literally like the heroin CD or whatever. Oh yeah. Dude. Yeah. It just became so sludgy and I just wasn't with no, it. I, I feel you. I feel you on that, man. I feel it. But I mean like, dude, it like, you know, there was a, after from first to last, you know, Sonny was like living out of a warehouse in LA for a little while. Like, dude, he literally was dead broke, living out of a warehouse for LA for a little while, just like couch hopping. And literally, he just Dang. got on the like. It's actually he, there's actually a video of um, I want to say either Red Bull or Vice does it, and it's a documentary about um, uh, his spaceship tour and how mm. like he goes through like creating the whole spaceship and his idea for it and kind of how he's gotten and how he kind of got to that point in a matter of like only a couple of years just dude he was he was he already knew all the all the right people and he just he hit it right dude i mean sunny is one of the honestly most skilled you know producers of of our time yeah know? him diplo 100 dude then i fucking jack everyone <laughs> everyone can give everyone can give fucking wesley shit but he he knows how to do it. He knows how to fucking do it, man. Yeah, like, yeah. House music. Dude, like, all around, bro. Do you, it's, I was actually talking to you the other day how, you know, uh, if you've ever heard uh, Paper Planes by M.I.A. That's, I had no idea that, that was, was by that's, Diplo. That's man. produced by Diplo. That whole album is worked on with Diplo. So he was doing mad decent block parties in Philly at that point in time. And M.I.A. heard what he was sounding like and was like, hey, I'm gonna fly you out to I'm gonna fly out to London, like or, you know, UK, and we're gonna fucking I don't know if it was in UK or London, but I know it was UK. Fly you out to UK. He went out there, fucking worked on that, and that was where he really kind of got the uh, monetary resources to kind of start putting Major Laser together, everything like that yes. together. Major Laser, love me some Major Laser, facts, bro. I want to see I want to see Major Laser and Diplo and Skrillex was awesome. Oh my gosh! Some dog blood. You should check out some yeah, dog blood. Dog blood is. I was in dog blood yesterday. That's that's Skrillex, Skrillex and boys noise. And boys noise. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, I need to listen to more dog blood. Dude, Skrillex is out here just staying busy with all the collabs and oh, everything. Dude, legit, legit. And he's always he's always pushing, and which is which is a fucking awesome thing. And you know, it's it's crazy because we were talking about like how kind of music has changed over the years. And, you know, really, like, where I kind of see electronic music, I, I really see us going back to a trap period, man. Oh, I, yeah, I remember you talking I, about I that. I really see us in the next two or three years kind of going back to, kind of going back to a trap period. Because I think, I don't know, from my perspective, how it's gone was, you know, there was kind of that 2011, like, heavy bass. So, like, the, you know, at that point in time, the big people were, you know, you really had like 10 artists that were very popular in America. You know, we're talking Bass Nectar, Zed's Dead, Skrillex, Datsik, Excision, Pretty Lights. Um, you know, there's a, there's a couple others here and there, but those were yeah. uh, maybe Mode Step, uh, Mount Eden. Um, but those were really the like really big, like if you were Rusko, Rusko too. Yeah. Um, but those were really the big. Uh, big things and so like kind of came from that and that kind of got a lot of people hooked and it kind of went to uh you know from that it really kind of grew into this whole trap because so many more people started like really getting into it it just grew kind of like what main culture was listening to and it kind of grew into a trap and from that and i god i hated it at that period of time i was like fuck everybody you're ruining electronic music with trap with music? trap when, that, when it first <laughs> happened i was like no fuck this fuck this but eventually, you know, I kind of got used to it. And, you know, I guess after the whole trap period, we really kind of jumped into a tropical house period. So, like, you know, Kygo is hitting hard, Jack true. London, true, like true. all those. Like, and from, from the trap house, we went a little more kind of like to a deep house kind of, yeah. to a deep house kind of perspective over the next like kind of two years. And then from, 
the past like year or so, maybe year and a half, two years, I think we've kind of moved more from the deep house to more of like that experimental bass, you know, kind of. I think bass house helped transition some definitely, of that too. De- definitely the deep house, bass house, like 100% helped that, helped that vibe to really just continually get more and more people to really get to it and then like everyone just loves that experimental base especially with like mentioning back on how a lot of people today are more kind of getting into the whole you know they want an an experience like a communal experience like swanee huluween yeah you know more people are talking about swanee huluween than you know it's like realistically a lot of people it's like are you gonna go to edc or you gonna go to halloween it's like and i think the whole thing is is yes edc major festival huge but a lot more people are diverging from that whole club kind of thing to trying to have a more artistic communal kind of uh really wholesome experience yeah because it's i don't think edc is a camping festival i went to it is it is now oh it, it is, is now. now it is now you can camp now I, I ended up going for a day um this past the end of 2021 and it was cool you know at, they they at least had some obscure kind of bass music like mm. g jones yeah um they had some when, i think when you say g jones i'm gonna say something real fast g jones is a fucking awesome person and not many people know this and i want to give this little fact all of his stuff is done in black and white oh yeah because he is colorblind oh what that is why oh my god so because he is colorblind he does all of his visuals in black and white because he wants you to experience and see things the way that he sees it and he also wants to consider the colorblind people so that's That's why all of his visuals are in black and white and he just a little side you know tidbit that is amazing dude i never knew that that's Okay, that just blew my mind. The um, there was a lot of there, like blunts and blondes. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, forgive me. I think even Excision or somebody big like that was also up there, and it was a lot of stuff like that. They had it kind of like you know into different stages where a lot of the same genre would be at a certain stage, and that mm-hmm. was cool. Um, but yeah, I was at least pleased for that much, and <clears throat> I I didn't really have much much bad to say about it but yeah a different vibe altogether than like your e-forest your hulaween oh, tipper and friends or whatever you know that's that's why those you know there's nowhere else really quite like hulaween except for maybe e-forest but i haven't gone yeah. to experience no that. dude i mean e, i mean those are you know those are very kind of they're definitely a similar type of vibe i mean e-forest definitely has tons more of production like it's just yeah the the cost level is is completely a different ballpark realistically um and i it's funny because like you know we actually even know the person who bought over halloween two years ago you know with um who was it uh god fucking chad's friend um remember chad's friend uh what was his name he used to own the music farm you remember how we all got like tickets for ten bucks to fucking yeah. Halloween? <laughs> That's yeah. why, because he bought Halloween, bro. Yeah, I forget what that guy's name. Marshall. Marshall. That was his name. I forget his last okay. name, but yeah, you're right. And um, and oh, I was about to say, you know, we um, you know, we don't want those certain festivals to get exploited beyond that what is, they that are. Is the thing, because listen, as somebody who has seen the festival industry change in 10 years, like that happens. That is the thing. So Fest, each festival, the more attention it gets, it gets to a level to where it becomes so big that it becomes blown out. Electric Forest has been one of the few festivals that has really been on top of keeping, of trying to keep it like how it used to be, which is a really cool thing. Swanee, Halloween does that as well. And I think that those, that's why those festivals have kind of really stayed, you know, so relevant. Yeah. They like, they're keeping it like they, that. Shout shout out, shout out to summer camp too, because they, they've kept it, they've kept it going too. Yeah. They really roll the dice with trying to make sure that they can do as big of a thing as they can, but like at the same time, yeah, not to the point where it's like all of a sudden it brings in all this other stuff that they 
that will taint like the vibe or whatever exactly. like, where no, it gets dude, to that point of dude, like 100%. security or whatever it is you know um and 100 man and so you know we're i look forward to better festivals man we've known that there's so much room for improvement on these things whether it be like like take out like exchange the porter potties quicker or like have more like free water stations or whatever man like i have, I have a strong feeling that will start to become the thing and people will want to go to those and like that it'll raise the standards for you know some of these festivals oh dude definitely in it good definitely ways will. Yeah. it definitely will 100 percent. no dude i'm excited i i also have a a little thing that uh you know i've been uh i've been putting the pieces together for a year or two maybe even a little longer than that but uh finally filed for a llc the other day uh company called dripping in the sound so dripping in the sound i love it sound. i love it you uh, officially llc'd it That's yeah what's man up. We're tell gonna, us about it a little bit a little bit of everything i'm trying to do a little bit of artist management whether it be you know musician or visual artist as well um you know uh, i think uh some event production um a little bit of everything man i just i i'm i'm really at the right spot to where not only do i have the connections to you know get the equipment you know, to exactly to set that up with how much, you know, say with how, how much stagehand work, you know, I know that people who own the companies now, you know, and it's just, it, it's really, it's really working. And, you know, with me music, working at the music hall and music farm, going to try and get us going to try and get the squad to kind of like branch in there. I'm going to try and see what I could do, possibly take over some bookings there. We'll, we'll see what's up with that. I could easily see that for anybody that might want to reach out and help or be a part of this how can they get in touch with you uh i still have to create a work email I, i'm 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 on that one uh, can they can they message you yeah, on hell facebook hell or yeah message, message me on facebook instagram instagram it's how do Wook, they find your facebook or instagram, instagram? is wook laden that's w-o-o-k-l-a-d-d-i-o-n i think maybe d-d-i-n d-d-i-n thank you yes, yes, yes. um and then but yeah like aladdin but look yeah look aladdin on, on facebook dre rutherford and like you know spell that out for people d-r-a-y space rutherford r-u-t-h-e-r-f-o-r-d and like listen I, at this point i've done it so long if i can't help you i can point you in the right direction exactly yeah. that you'll i i can easily see you rising through the ranks to like your own business through all the connections man that's like literally how you know all the other people seem, i think facts, would bro. probably do it too facts well this is about our time we we've had a really good episode man i Fuck like yeah man i like that we got to talk about a bunch of like behind the scenes stuff and hell yeah, hell yeah. you know um and cover like your influences and you know everything on what it was like listening to music growing up and all this stuff man i um i look forward to working with you in the future man dude definitely dude we'll definitely we'll get a bunch of shit done and dude thank you for thank you for having me this has been fucking awesome experience man dude all day dude, talk all it, day dude you, you meant to do you this know, sooner you know, i know man you, you know i'm all about talking the music shit bro so the best is yet to come all right y'all drayton rutherford right here on the pursuit of sound with double crown all right hell yeah baby episode 11 y'all stay posted trying to do two episodes a week that i release on the spotify so go like and subscribe and catch up on all the other episodes stay golden stay golden always baby